Hello, and uh, welcome back to Moke's Audio Logs. This is episode four of season three, I think, and we have... Hi, I'm Molly. <laughs> Hi, Molly. Who are you? Wow, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just, to, just to get into it, just to get into it. Like, slow start here. Um, I don't know, that's kind of the question, isn't it? The baseline stuff is, my name is Molly Knipe. I'm mm-hmm. a second year at the University of Virginia. Um, I'm one of Michael's friends <laughs> <laughs> that he asked to be on this podcast, which is so awesome. Um, What's your major? What's your major? I'm technically a foreign affairs major, but I'm going to apply to be a global development studies major. Okay. Is that like Batten or? It's not technically Batten. It's kind of, I want to say almost adjacent, although I'm sure the people in that major <laughs> will um, <laughs> kill me for that. Um, but it's kind of just about how countries developed and it's very interesting major that dives into what it takes for a country to develop so things about language culture government politics it kind of is a mashup of all of that which is why it's really attractive to me interesting and then are are you involved with any other groups on grounds at all i'm a guide here Oh, Uh, (laughs) which i'm sure you've never heard before Mm -hmm. um i am a student dj at wxtj really yeah I i didn't know that yeah um I'm every Tuesday from 1 to 2 p.m. <laughs> if anyone wants to tune in. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm a sports writer for the Cav Daily. Oh, wow. And I'm a student researcher for the Ed School. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So you're everything. All right. Yeah. All right. There's All the right. whole laundry list. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is there is there anything, are there any, like, first of all, I, I actually, my real interest is in this DJ position. Yeah. What do you do? Like, are you just like going, wah, 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 or are you... <laughs> I am a little bit less, it's kind of interesting because I think every student DJ is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're pretty split evenly into people who are really interested in like the the technical DJing and they come in and they lay down tracks and they, you know, mix and master and do all this really cool stuff. And their shows are incredibly like artistic and and wonderful. I think I'm a little bit more content based with songs. I just kind of pick what I like. Um, I do... I about every other episode so like every two weeks I do a historical episode so I kind of dive into songs um that have really shaped social movements political movements um one of my favorite shows I've done was about how country music has empowered women really Um, okay yeah and it was based around this NPR story that I heard about Loretta Lynn's song The Pill Mm. um which was a huge deal it was obviously about birth control and it was banned on almost all like country radio stations it was like a huge huge scandal it was like the south's first banned country song um but it led to like a 500 percent increase in women getting on birth control in the south wow um which is insane just such a cool like fact and I don't know it just amazed me because I just think that music really touches people Um, but I think that we can we forget that music doesn't just help our emotions it's kind of like it's like a social Mm -hmm. touchstone for everyone to ask uh, for for people who don't know there's this girl named um, uh, Kea who's a good friend of both (laughs) of ours and she asks uh, crazy questions wonderful questions but uh, this is a Kea question do you think music is the universal language I think that there's something to be said um that we can all sit in a room and listen to an instrumental piece and walk mm-hmm. away with the same feeling and the right. and the same insight and the same outlook on on what we just heard and so i think in that way music is universal language mm-hmm. um but i also think that it it's just this 
this coming together point. Like, I think there's a reason that, you know, we Thursday through Saturday, mm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> go out and dance like crazy people to music. And I think there's a reason that we sit in the library and listen to music. And I think there's a reason that people still go to orchestras and watch ballets and love musical theater. And I think that a lot of that is just because of do you think the it's way like, we all feel. Do you think it's like a primal feeling that, that like, that, that, that what we're connected to within this? Yeah, I mean, I... Um, so, so I've, I've er, and, and to follow up, what is, what is your type of music that you enjoy the most? Um, well, I think to answer, answer your first question, mm-hmm. I'm by no means a history major. <laughs> um, but I have, you know, I, I think there's a reason that we used to bang sticks together. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think that there is kind of a primal sense to music. And I, I've just never experienced anything like being at a concert and mm. and just feeling like you're being yeah, lifted no above the crowd and like that they're you're you feel like you can look down upon yourself listening to the song and um i mean to move on to your second question i think that like i define a lot of the eras eras haha <laughs> sorry little taylor swift like i guess um i decide i kind of define like the the definitive moments of my life like through music and through kind of mm. what i was listening to at the time and i think that like I think everybody would kind of say this. I think every one of my past selves has a little place in my heart, so it's hard to choose. Hmm. Wait, so do you do you um do you associate different? If you hear a song, you're like, oh, I think I'm, I'm thinking back to like. Do you think back to a moment, or do you think back to a um a a time? Do you th- what what do you think back whenever you hear songs? Because for me personally, I know that I'm a I'm honestly probably a mix. Um, there's one song that makes me think of a parking lot with three other people in my car at like an oh. exact moment. Um, cause what I realized that I love the song. Sure. <laughs> it's, it's, it's my favorite song, but, and then there's, there's other songs that make me think of times like, um, I'm, do you know the song Gil- Gilded Lily? I think Yeah, yeah. that, that's that song, song really reminds me of winter of first year. Oh, that's so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh God. What I about love you? hearing about that. Um, I mean, I think that I, I also like am from Charlotte, North Carolina, mm-hmm. and I think it's a really interesting clash of a lot of different cultures you know like jay cole's from north carolina the babies from north carolina but like luke combs is also from (laughs) charlotte you know i think that um there's a little bit of of cultural overlap there and i think that i was really blessed to kind of sit in the middle of that venn diagram growing up and Mm. um i definitely got to hear just an incredible amount of music from like great sources and my dad is a huge music fan i mean i have probably a hundred pictures of us ranging from like oh really newborns being propped up in his lap to to toddlers to teenagers to everything and he you know and you know every year on our birthday mm. would sing a song and um i think that those songs definitely just make me think of him and make me think of him as a person but i know rap music just makes me think of like middle school <laughs> like i was like i was like the kid like listening to motorsport like yeah. in the back of the class um and country music was just like late high school and all those sappy songs about growing up and and of wanting course. to go back to being a little kid and mm-hmm. so i think that there's i'm really all over the place in terms of the times in my life it takes me back to so you would say that no genre really like comes out to you there's there's more um because I, I know for me it's more of like there's kind of a s- over uh there's an overarching kind of vibe of all the songs that i've like have really fallen in love with and then um it's just kind of different branches that associate with different times but for you it seems like it's overall genres that are completely different is that true yeah i would say that's true i think it i think the main point is that i think it's really lyrics mm. and less sound 
almost like I I have the song from when I was a little kid that used to come on the, on the country radio station at my grandparents house like every time I went and um, it's by Leanne Womack and it's called I Hope You Dance mm. great song <laughs> um, but it has this line in it that's like I I hope you still feel small when you stand beside the ocean and it's the song it's the song about a mother to her daughter that's kind of watching her kid growing up and she's like these are all the things that I hope you keep from this time in your life and from being a kid and um, I I mean I think that lyric like I'll never forget it like I think every time I go to the beach I'm like I do feel small I, st- <laughs> I do still feel small um, so I, I mean I think it's just lyrics and and kind of even just like melodies that that make you feel like a, you know like Ocean Man by Weems like you can't <laughs> not like you know like groove into it you know I think there's just so many so many songs and special moments and special places so I honestly if I, uh, before this podcast if I was thinking about things that I would talk about I would not place you for a music person not like a heavy music person so i um me and molly met in um <laughs> in death class uh what was it um death dying and bereavement yeah yeah it's a university seminar <laughs> yeah it's actually like an amazing class i very much recommend insane, it yeah. like super um super easy homework two credits as well as like genuinely interesting discussion that you don't get in many yeah, other classes it was really fascinating <laughs> <laughs> but me and uh me and molly um oftentimes had disagreeing v- viewpoints had, um, scuffles if you <laughs> will, in class. and i was i always remembered uh molly as like i kind of en- envisioned her as someone who was like who could who actually understood things that were going on um y- y- you know what i mean by that uh audience but um like she she could understand the arguments as well as pick mine apart and like actually very much combat them. And I, um, very much valued that. And I remember, I remember Molly was, I always imagined Molly as my op because everything I would always say. No, I was your op. I would tune out in class and then I would hear the dulcet tones of Michael Lipton and I would be like, I would pull one earbud out and be like, what is this man going to say? Yeah. Um, that was a a very enjoyable class. No, it was awesome. But so why would you take that? Why were you interested in that class? I... I don't know. I mean, I think just like everyone else, I came in and didn't really know what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually chose the most depressing, like, <laughs> first year class schedule. I took a class on terrorism. Oh, exciting. A class on death. I took social psych. Mm-hmm. I took econ, which is the most depressing of them all. <laughs> um, and I took intro to public policy. And I was just... I don't know. Like I just kind of scrolled through the USM course list, and I was like, "That's kind of funky." Yeah, that's like, a, that sounds interesting. Yeah. So I, would you? Okay. Like, like, what was your motivation with this deciding all these classes? Was was there? Was you just kind of like, "Man, these sound good." I think I to give you a little background. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go as far as possible for college. I applied to six schools in the in the UK. In the UK? Yeah, in the UK. I wanted to go literally, like, run like my ass was on fire Mm -hmm. and go as far as possible. I applied, I think, I think UVA was one of the only schools, like, in the, in the Southeast. Um, Right, because it's pretty close to uh, North Carolina, right? It's not too bad. It's, like, five hours, like, from, from home, which, Mm -hmm. you know, I think, now I think is, like, a perfect distance, but I was looking for, like, uh like you're in a, 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 you're day in a plane, yeah. like you're in a plane kind of thing. Um, and I obviously was not disappointed 
coming to UVA. I was so excited. But I was definitely like, okay, I... Well, why'd you choose UVA? I chose it um, partially for financial reasons, um, but also because oh, I are you, uh, you you can also flex. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep that one to myself. But let's <laughs> just leave it at financial reasons. Um, and I... I just really love the school I came and toured and fell in love and I have that whole sappy story as well. Mm. Um, but I definitely was like, holy shit, like this is not wor- what I thought I'd be doing. Like I thought I'd be wearing like Doc Martens and walking around really? okay. Trinity College Dublin and you know, like being this like annoying, like chain smoking intellectual, like in another country. Mm-hmm. And so I think when I was picking my course list, I was like, if I'm not going to be somewhere new, then I'm going to learn something new mm, like, I like 100% that, I like that. and I, I I still do it I pick classes based on things I've never heard of before or learned about before mm. um, which is a very wide breadth from the southern public education system <laughs> but um, is this why you're in a class called unforgettable lectures yes it is <laughs> well that was also one credit class very easy shout out AB he told me about it <laughs> um, but yeah I think that's a great way to learn as many things as possible in a short amount of time and that's kind of the way I'm looking at my course lists now. <laughs> would uh, would you say you're big on learning? Yeah. I mean, I think that what are we here for if not <laughs> to <But> learn? <laughs> I think I think you could you could argue that you're um, to be a devil's advocate to to go back to death class. Um, <laughs> so like you could you could probably argue that you could be although I don't believe this, uh, you could be here for experiences yeah. and not for learning. I know people who operate that way. Um but I also think it's a little bit of the chicken and the egg. Like, That's fair. do you learn and then have experience with what you learned or do you have experiences and you learn from them? Hmm. Um, and I think it could really go either way. I've had times where I've been like, that was an experience I wasn't expecting to learn anything from. And I have, and I've set out with the idea that I was going to learn something and then had an incredible mm-hmm. experience. So I think that you really, I think they go hand in hand. So I've heard also from this, this, uh, Kea, this random <laughs> Kea figure that um, you're big on like understanding how people work. Would you say that? I would say that's true. I think it's a, I think I've just had moments, a lot of moments where I think it's so easy to simplify people. Mm-hmm. I think it's so easy to just boil everyone down to like maybe the first couple facts you learn about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, through Kea and through people like you and through like my friends that I've made here, people are just so complex. Like I think every everything we do, every sentence we say, every like reaction we have is just crafted over the last X amount of years that we've been experiencing and learning. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's really nothing more fascinating than figuring out what crafted a person to to lead to this moment and I mean even like looking at you like what made you want to to sit down for you know an hour a week and ask people about like their greatest (laughs) their greatest hopes and dreams and fears like I mean yeah it's a it's a very very similar point I want to learn about other people because I think that's I think also I, I can I can gain from other people's experiences, but as well as I find it extremely interesting to learn about what makes someone else tick, you know? Yeah, 100%. So do you, whenever you are, basically, I, I, you, don't, you don't have to share your personal <laughs> secrets of how you navigate the social scenes of UVA, but <laughs> how are, like, what do, you, what do you do whenever you're thinking about someone? Are you trying to think of what they would do next? Are you trying to understand what they actually are like what their thought process is in a moment what are you trying to understand or like how do you understand a person i mean i think this um 
this Kea girl can also <laughs> this, this Kea figure. <laughs> I'm a big childhood person, um, which sounds so weird to say. But I big Freud person. Oh God, no! <laughs> I, I I don't know if I under, understand anything about that. But I definitely think that I I err on the side of okay, this person just did something I would never do. Mm. What in their upbringing was not in mine that led them to to do this. Um, and it, it's not like something where it's like, I would never do that, but it's just like, mm-hmm. I would never think about it like that. I would never take those steps. Like I would never, you know, take that leap. And I'm so interested as to how people are kind of crafted to being able to, to do things I would never even think of. So has that, has that approach worked for most people's? I mean, I, I like, I know for me, I think that I've changed a lot over the past, <clears throat> like two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm sure my childhood still comes through Montessori education. Woo! Oh, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. So you built the pink tower? A little bit. The pink tower? I don't even know if I got that far. Like, <laughs> this is this is like in uh, preschool um, or kindergarten, and they had like blocks that were like pink, and like you stacked them to make a, a like a, a very tall pyramid. Mine was like, you can choose whatever you wanted to do, and I just wanted to garden. You, and g- so you guys had like gardening? That's yeah, we sick. had like gardening. But then I went to like quote unquote real school mm-hmm. in second grade and I like couldn't read. <laughs> <laughs> and so then my parents were like, wow, this was so cute. And now we're like a little concerned. Um, sorry, I think I lost the original plot of the question. No, no, that's okay. That's all right. Uh, I mean, like, I think, I think my Montessori education was more like you have to do these by the end of the year, but you get to choose when you do them. I, th- I think mine was probably pretty similar. I also think I had the Southern public education version, mm. which was a little bit of, okay, there are 60 kids and one teacher. Oh, really? Yeah. And so I just wow. kind of very much flew under the radar. Um, was that, was that, was that the classic setup? And well, it was, it was mixed grades. So like, I think my kindergarten class was like kindergarten first and second grade. Oh, um, and Whoa. so teachers were really focused on the second graders because they were like, we have to make you prepared for the next mm-hmm. teacher that's going to have you. So um, I do think I I gamed the system in a, in a negative way a little <laughs> bit, for sure. We got a garden. I, you, you explored your passion, right? No, I, I, did, I do love gardening. <laughs> I still do. Are you still, are you, yeah, do you garden here at UVA at all? No, I mean, obviously the housing system is bad enough without wanting to have a garden (laughs) (laughs) well there's like the there's like the garden outside of Hill, right oh yeah i have seen that i think that's awesome it's really cool like sustainability project and i've looked kind of into that but sadly you know time gets in the way (laughs) do you ever do you ever think that your montessori education plays into the person who you are today a lot i i i almost don't know i think my i had a montessori teacher that was really, really impactful. And her mm. name was Miss Maggie. If you don't know Montessori, Shout out you Ms. have Maggie. to call them <laughs> by their first name, which is so weird. Um, but Miss Maggie, and she was just kind of, she was like what I like to call like a mud pie teacher. Like, you know, like a, a, a what? A mud pie teacher. A mud like, pie. You could make her a mud pie and she'd think you were the best uh, on okay, earth. Okay. And I just think she had the kind of faith in me that I, I don't think I ever really encountered again in education. Oh. Um, and I don't think you can't really get that kind of faith from your parents. Like, cause you know, they, they kind of like in some, to some degree have to love you. Um, but this was like this, this teacher that had 60 kids in her classroom and, and she liked me and she, 
took me under her wing and I think that having someone that supports you when you're a kid can that isn't your parents is just it's like an irreplaceable experience are you a are you a nature versus like are you a more uh, nurture over nature kind of person I mean I think so I I don't want to think that we're born who we are like I don't I think obviously there's some some things that I'm sure are, are very much impacted by our genetics but mm-hmm. I think if you live under the mindset that we're born what we are I think that'd be a pretty miserable life yeah I agree I agree so have you have you found that like in in this kind of looking at a childhood and as well as a more nurture heavy context have you found that that like works for most people like in understanding how they operate I don't know if I'll ever really un- fully understand how people operate. Mm-hmm. I think I like to spend a lot of time <laughs> thinking about it. Um, or like, or like, you know, obviously you won't ever get to 100%, but like majority, like 60, 70, 80% understanding of how someone works. I think there are definitely moments where, especially meeting people's parents, things mm. just kind of click. Like mm. you just kind of see them interact in the way that they flow and the way that they kind of regard each other. And some all of a sudden something you didn't understand about a person just kind of clicks into place hmm. um because i i mean parents are like they're just the most influential people we have i mean i think the way that your parents regard you is just so meaningful in in who you are and how you walk in the world and how you how you regard the space that you occupy and i think that having parents that like i don't know i i just think that parents are so like i think you can tell I would say 50 to 60% about people by spending an hour with their parents. Interesting. Okay. See, I like whenever I'm looking at a person, so my personal story is I like nothing like too traumatic, but like my parents definitely had some very rough patches. And so I always grew up thinking I don't want to be like my parents. Right. Um, So I feel like, whenever adopting like trying to understand how people work i would not go off of people's parents because or like at least in the past i would say i haven't because i've kind of seen um individuals as like maybe rebellious of their parents and I, i guess in that way parents could be a sign of like what they like aren't but i just didn't base my understanding off of the parents what let like I guess did did this understanding of how parents are like I guess in your words sixty percent of a person is that is that what leads you to think that or is there anything else? I mean, I think that um, I know. I also kind of walked around that question, so tell me if you <laughs> need oh, no. any clarification. I, just, I don't know. I think I'm just kind of I'm pondering, if you will. Um, I think that parents mold us whether we like it or not. Hmm. And I think that for a long time, I kind of was very cognizant of the idea that everyone has a different relationship with their parents, even hmm. like different relationship with your mom versus your dad. Maybe yeah. you had your raised by a grandparent, different relationship with them. Like they're parental figures. Hmm. I think everyone has a different relationship, but the nature of that relationship is what I think molds you, not okay. necessarily the actual the person individual. that yeah. your parents are. I think it's the okay. nature of your relationship with them, whether it be positive or negative. And I think it's the way that they, I think parents, most parents support their kids in varying ways. And I think the way that they chose to support you is very much the way you expect others to support you in the future. 
Mm. and what you go into all kinds of relationships like platonic romantic like any of those I think you go in with a base level expectation of people and I think it's almost always based around how your parents chose to support you or the lack thereof of that support Hmm. that's fair have you found any like um have you had any uh, was there any ever a moment where you like damn this makes total sense I mean was there like is there a click that like that parent click that you can like kind of give an example of right now I'm very interested to see when like this kind of clicked for you I think I'll I'll turn the mirror back on myself because I don't want to expose anyone's parental relationships (laughs) that I've spent too much time thinking about Um, (laughs) but my parents are very much and I and I love them genuinely I think Mm -hmm. that they're wonderful wonderful people and if my kids feel the same way about me that I feel about them I'll be satisfied with my parenting skills but my parents were very much physically absent so my my dad traveled maybe three to four times a week Mm -hmm. um and my mom traveled probably 10 to 15 days a month okay wow so they were just and my mom also like was a workhorse in the time that she was home so like my dad was not present when i was born like Mm -hmm. just kind of and there's lots of you know little anecdotes like that that kind of show um but I think that they really, really showed me how to be a person beyond just being a parent. And I don't think that they molded their lives to mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe they did it a little bit too extreme. <laughs> um, but I think that they they really proved to me that when you become a parent, you don't really stop becoming a person. You don't stop growing or changing or learning. Um, and so in that way, I think that I, like even my experiences at college, I, I even with my friends they're like wow I, I don't see you for like seven days at a time and I'm like yeah but like nothing's changed like, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't need time spent to feel close to people mm. and I think that's a big impact on like how my relationship with my parents and I think that's something I learned um, that I have friends that are very much like if I don't see you for that period of time like are we okay and mm-hmm. I'm like oh 100% <laughs> like yeah. it never would have occurred to me that 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 would be a way that people so felt you about relationships. You don't have nervous attachment to really anyone. I I mean, I'm not sure. I I wouldn't think so. I think there there are people that I get used to seeing every day. You know, my roommates. Mm-hmm. I get sure. used to seeing them every day. And if I didn't see them, I'd be like, Hey, where are they? <laughs> yeah. Um. But I don't think. I think I just the depth of my relationships has just never been dependent on time spent mm. overall. Um. And I think that's just a big part of. Wow my parents I, I really really like that so that's um that's definitely something that's hard for me is yeah. I definitely have nervous attachment to people for mm-hmm. sure um that is really impressive I have to say um because I well, like it's 18 years of, <laughs> of absent parents <laughs> I mean so are you I guess it did turn out to be a good characteristic, uh, a, a good trait, like whatever, quote unquote, good trait. But I'm sure that there was a lot of, I guess, pain associated with gaining that trait. Yeah. Would you, if uh, considering yourself that uh, you said that your parents, you would be content if you did what your parents did. Would you want your child to go through that kind of I'm, I, I'm not trying to pick on your parents at oh, all no, no, but no, like no, like no, just no. hypothetically like would you want your child to go through uh i guess a hardship to gain this strength i think there were certain 
I think the way my parents was definitely the way my parents did it was definitely an extreme. Um, like I think that there were moments that I look back on and, and I, I do feel bad that they weren't there. Mm. Like I got ready for my senior prom alone. Like I, you know, like my mom was not home. Like my dad was not there for like most of my birthdays and we never did family Thanksgiving because they were filming football. Like that everyone was watching with their families. Um, and so I think that I, I don't know if I would go in that extreme. Um, and I also think that it, it very much depends a little bit on the kid as well. I think that mm. some. You have you have that grit to you, so. Uh, I mean, I, it, <laughs> it, it, it was developed over time, I, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure I would want my kids to, to have those moments where they look back and they, mm. they associate negative memories with something that should have been really positive. But I also never want to have kids that don't realize that I was a person before I was their parent. Hmm. And I think it's so easy to fall into this habit of like my mom be started existing when I right. was there to see it. Right. And I would never want them to think that I didn't have my own friends and my own life and like my own hobbies. And like, I would want to be a parent that was showed them that because being a parent is work. And I think that work life balance is one of the best things you can teach your kids. And I think that having a balance between being a parent and being a person and being a insert career here is like, I think that's just the pivotal balance that we're all going to be trying to figure out for, for a good amount of time. So I really like that. Would, would you, would you consider yourself a, like an individual, like an an individualistic person in terms of like, like define that for me, please. I like I don't mean I don't mean to be like I don't mean to be rude at all but do you have a best friend I I I can tell you that I don't and I consider myself a like I I I would say I have a lot of um I have a lot of good friends Mm -hmm. and friends that I depend on depend upon but I don't have a best friend I think I've had like best friends at like certain moments in my life Mm -hmm. but I would say right now I have best friends Mm. but i wouldn't say that there's one person that's like okay that's fair you know yeah but i would say that they're all very so like near and dear to my heart like they Mm -hmm. are it's not just no no, i'm not not saying that my like my what i call what i'm calling great friends are not like best friend level but it's just that like there's not this like one person who i would always go to it's like that little thing that like parents tell Mm. like kids who are about to be siblings like my love is it's multiplied not divided <laughs> like right <laughs> that's how i feel about like my friends it, it's multiplied it's not divided for sure oh yeah. that's fair because uh, why i ask is i'm i feel like it's it's sometimes hard to balance being an incredibly individualistic person as well as then fitting into a social group a club an organization a best friend how yeah. do you how do you operate with uh within that regard i think i that's a really good question i think i have a lot of friends who really really respect people Mm. and really really respect people's individuality to say like i think that that's one of the things i found at uva that i haven't really found at other places is that there's a lot of respect for what you're what you're bringing to the table like not just kind of how what you're bringing is going to mesh with what everyone else has right um and i think that i have friends that you know love all my 
horrible idiosyncrasy, like neurotic, like horrible stuff. And they love stuff that is good. And um, Mm -hmm. I haven't really felt the need to, to really change who I am to fit into a certain group because I think I have friends in a lot of different places. So if I change to fit one, what's going to happen to the other? And, you know, I think that there's like, there's a lot of respect here at UVA for being an individual and, and how you, you know, how you are right now. Mm -hmm. I really like that. It's just like being an individual allows you to have like your own very uh, specific music taste and that kind of make you, makes you your own individual. Just to, just to, just to give a little wrap oh, back to the beginning. Yeah, but thank, sure. thank you so much for uh, joining me today. Thanks for um, having me. <laughs> I, I hope you had a good time. And thank you, listener, for uh, listening. Thanks. Have a nice day. Bye.